that resistance was so strong. I feel like if you know that you're called to do something, then you just have to push through that resistance and do it. So I literally just started. Even if you don't feel like you have it all, somebody does. And I think that comfort of knowing my community, like I can always reach out. You're never going to have everything, especially if you're getting started. You're never going to have it all figured out. It's just not possible. And waiting till you do could cause you to miss out on helping someone. This is Maestro on the Mic a podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hey friends, Maestro here, and welcome back to the long episodes of Maestro on the Mic. This is our first episode, but our, like, there's a whole, you know, big-ass team. This is the first episode back after my, you know, quote-unquote summer, very late summer vacation from, you know, from the podcast. Rona and racism hit, so I said, let's extend and keep doing the longer episodes, but took a break because you can't pour from an empty glass, and now we are back. With us today, I have someone that's been on the podcast, not once, not, but not even, but was it twice already? Mm-hmm. I talk to her so often that I'm kind of like, how many times have you been on this thing? I don't know. All of our conversations <laughs> are, are worthwhile, uh, but... I knew that in bringing the, the long episodes back, she needed to be the one to kick it off. So much has happened in the country and continues to happen. And she has taken her entire past, everything. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about this. Everything. And we're seeing, you know, kind of when you see someone, they hit their stride and you're like, oh shit, it's about to pop off. That should be a little hint, friends. So without further ado... The one, the only, the originator of Let's Get It Poppin', my good friend, Dr. Jennifer Hutton. J-Pop, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Dude, I'm just gonna, real quick, folks, if you haven't listened to her before, I don't know what you're doing, but we will link both of the episodes in the show notes, but J-Pop, I'm gonna flip the mic to you and just let you riff and be a bad host and say, what have you been doing since the last episode? Three, two, one, go. (laughs) <laughs> okay, what have I been doing? Well, um, in the last episode that I was in, we I mentioned that I was doing a webinar, Anti-Racism and Allyship for the Rehab and Movement Professional. Um, that kicked off early June. It was extremely successful. So many people showed up um, and have continued to show up since then. So in a follow-up, of that webinar, I just reached out to see what pain points were in this journey to allyship. And many people said, well, I want another course. I want more information. But the majority of them said, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm alone Mm -hmm. on this journey. I feel like in my space, it's majority white. In my job, it's majority white. And I don't really have that many people doing the same work I am. And so instead of creating another course, I actually sat down for a little bit longer and said, okay, 
what has helped me being a black woman in America and I singled out community. It has been the saving grace for me in an unsafe world to be able to go to people that I'm comfortable with, that I can um, de-stress with, that I can tell my stories to and that understand my journey. And so I said, you know what? They need the exact same thing because our journeys are still different. Mm -hmm. While I am an ally to some populations, um, I don't know what it's like to be white mm -hmm. in America. I can mm -hmm. only say what I see. So I took about two months and I carefully crafted a community for allies. Um, and that meant not just the space, the physical space for them or digital space, but also what did I want to bring to them? And so I created the membership community called Building Allyship. And I decided it would be a platform for allies, but it would also be a platform for people of color. So I will I have speakers coming in on a monthly basis. We have reading lists. We have discussion groups. Um, we have resources being shared by myself and other members in the community. They're able to talk to each other. A few of them have already started to have like coffee dates and virtual uh -huh. meetings because they're super close. Um, we break down not only history, not only the you know anti-racist journey, but also things that are going on today. Um, last this Sunday, we just had a full out conversation on the legal side of the Breonna Taylor case. So it's it's great to look back, but also trying to help them in real time find their lane mm -hmm. as an activist and an ally and then make their voice stronger because that's another thing. It's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't have any resources that really help me through this. And so I really just wanted to put it all in this community for them to consume at their own pace, but also grow with each other and have each other's back. So it's a real, it's a safe space, but it's a challenging space. And so far it has brought me so much hope that I'm glad that I did the difficult thing <laughs> and made go. the decision to go through with it. There you go. Can you speak one or one? Fuck yes. This is absolutely phenomenal. Can you speak a bit more about, you said that they have the ability to consume the content and work through it at their own pace. Like I, I realize that overwhelm can be a very big and real thing with that. Can you speak to that a bit more? Yeah, that was uh, most of them who joined said social media was burning them out. Mm -hmm. um, they were finding the resources. They were trying to listen to all the voices. But because of the rate that everything was coming out, it, it challenged them in the space of I can't do it all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for most people, if it's a new journey, if you feel like you can't do it all, then there's a tendency to go back none. to what you know, because it's easier. Um, and so in the space, I make it very clear, I will never push you to finish all of these resources in a week, in a month, but you will always have the ability to come back to the resources and the resources are documentaries. Um, we've got actually research in there. We've got articles, we've got podcasts, we've got YouTube clips um, to speak to all different people. And so that it's there for them. It will never leave and they will always have access to it. I love it. If you take a step back outside of what you've created which is remarkable. How do you feel things are right now? Do you continue to have the cautious hope that was there, you know, maybe during the last episode that we recorded? I do. And I, it's funny, 
I did this for them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did this for allies and I did not realize how much hope it was actually going to bring me to see people come to certain conclusions and, and, you know, listen to these resources or consume these resources and come to their own decisions. Um, that lets me know when they go out into the world, they're going to ask better questions. They're going to actually look at things in a different light um, with different perspective. And so they've given me a lot of hope. I will say um, on the general side, I'm seeing what I was afraid of. Mm-hmm. And that is, it is uncomfortable. It is scary to step out into this world. And so I know people have chosen to go back to what's easy, especially if you're, you know, a person of influence on social media. Mm-hmm. It's it's not easy to, to make this switch and add this into your content. So to see that it's like, okay, we're slowing down on social media. You always hope people are doing things, you know, personally, yeah. individually in their own lives, but you're seeing that. And and the Brianna Taylor case is a perfect example because all of the people that were enraged two months ago mm-hmm. are silent. Yeah. <laughs> all of the people who were upset with that black square have said nothing since this verdict came out. And I think it took me a while to come to this conclusion, but I realized, well, if you've grown up thinking that the system does what it's supposed to do, then it's easy to take this verdict and say, well, we said we were enraged. We said something and this is what came out. So this has to be fair. And my my one challenge is you got to keep looking though. You mm-hmm. have to know that this system is so fucked mm-hmm. that it, yes, this is the decision that we got, but that doesn't mean we have to stop here, which is why you see now they're about to start releasing information um, from the grand jury. So I, I think definitely people are still falling back into their comfort zones. Um, but I still have hope because of the people that surround me and the people that I choose to follow. Um, and just the outlook that I, I think is best for this situation. Nailed it. Just that last part, especially, like, you know, <laughs> we have a choice of how we view yep. things. And I'm not saying by no means to like be like, I live in la-la land with rose-colored glasses all the time. But similarly, being super pessimistic and negative about anything, everything isn't going to change things and make it better. So we have the choice to about you know how we interpret things. And then, which is why I love what Jennifer has done, we have the choice to take action to make our immediate environment better. And for further conducive to having that hope i love that realization that you had when you know and that's what that's what we do i think you know most people listen to this you're you're in the movement professional of some sort and we go into this business to help others but then we start to realize along the way that like how much it also helps or it can help us and i think that's a really cool you know revelation realization that you had and just the work, you know, the work that you're doing and the way that you're showing up in helping others, but also creating hope for others, but also creating hope for yourself, which is just, I really think it's so, so important because at the end of the day, we can't control anything outside of ourselves. Like we can work and and look to influence things and look to have an impact. Yes. I, I don't want that to be interpreted as like, well, then why the fuck are you doing anything? No. But we can't control it, right? We can't control how other people, their, their attitude, we can't control their effort. 
but we can do that for ourselves. And Jennifer is a, is a walking, breathing, living testimonial to this, testament to this, of creating that hope and choosing how she's going to move forward with things. Can we talk for a little bit, uh, Dr. J-Pop, about mm-hmm. the like not so positive side? Like, yes, we always want to maintain hope, but there's times when like you're like, fuck, man, this is like bad and I feel bad. Have you did you have you had that over the past few weeks months? Have you had any? How have you dealt with that? Yeah, I definitely have. I think even after um, after the webinar, and I actually had the chance to slow down. Mm-hmm. It it hit me like, okay, we're here again. We're we're doing this again. Mm-hmm. And yes, more people are aware, um, but you started to see how angry people on the other side were. Mm-hmm. And I never, I try not to talk about, you know, this administration mm-hmm. because I think that our issues were here prior mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But I recognize that this administration made certain people feel very comfortable with their hate. Yeah. And it, it's funny because at first it would make me angry and I would be like, I just don't understand how you don't see this. Why is this okay? How is it okay to tell black people that their experience is not valid? Mm-hmm. That mainstream media is the one influencing the experience that I have on a daily basis. Like that's just trying to make someone insane mm-hmm. in my mind. And then I realized you're so much of a, you have that sheep mentality of this is what I believe. This is where I'm standing. This is, it benefits me. Um, and I almost feel bad for them then because it's like you're missing out on so much because if you really saw that the, you know, Black Lives Matter and people who are talking about marginalized communities are actually trying to say you should care about other people. That's the big message. Yeah. The big message is take the take all of that off of you. You know, the thoughts about being selfish or or, or only thinking about what matters to you and, and focus on someone else. It makes your life so much richer. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the beautiful moments is even though I have those dark moments and I see the things that, you know, are just extremely hateful and hurtful to see, um, I still am able to go back to that compassion of, man, I hope you realize this one day. I hope you realize it and, and can come to the better side of history uh, before it's actually too late. I like that. I want to, and I'm genuinely, all the questions I ask, I'm genuinely asking, but I'm like double genuinely asking this because I've been thinking about this myself and I'm kind of like, why do, why do, what, what, what do I think about this? In the beginning there, you said that like when you think about these people that are so filled with hate and just so troubled, that you feel bad for them. And I've been sitting here and I'm like, do I feel bad for them? Or, <laughs> you know, like I'm trying to, you know, and part of it, real talk, part of it is because uh, Gary V does videos about this and he's just like, my haters, I feel bad for them. And I'm like, are you just saying that to like say it? Like I'm coming around on Gary V. Like, I, I think his ultimate goal is like, right. I don't like some, some of the like strategies and techniques, but like yeah. oh, overall messaging, I, he has stepped back and been like, I just want you to like, be happy and I'm like all right cool I get behind that uh but then I'm sitting there and I'm like for people that you know are so lost in the sauce and you're just like not do I feel bad like what is that like a then does that put me in a weird place of like I'm above them or like mm-hmm. what I don't know like you know I did that episode with James Olivia Chu Hellman I fucking love mm-hmm. them like they are just the bomb and 
did the workshop and now I think about everything like way more like 10 times more than I did before which is already too much I think and now I'm like what does it mean that if I say I feel bad for them have you thought about that yeah because I don't think that my thought process is better I think my experiences have brought me to where I am Mm -hmm. and I think leading with I've I've been the person who's been cynical Mm -hmm, I've been mm -hmm, the person mm -hmm. who hasn't led with love and my life was not rich Mm -hmm. that way so I'm looking at it from a perspective of your life could be so much better Mm -hmm. honestly if you were to lead with love and let that hate go not that I'm better Mm -hmm, I just know mm -hmm. what I'm experiencing is better and you want other people to experience it you talk about it all the time you want people to live their best life Mm -hmm. and it's not that you think your path was any different in terms of like oh I'm better because I chose to do this everybody's going to have their own journey but you want it always to lead to feeling full and that's the thought process behind me saying I feel I should say I feel compassion instead of bad for them how about that that might be a better word thank you yes Yes, that is because even in you're saying they're like, yeah, that I, you know, I'm always like, I want people to live their best life, but I, I've expanded, expounded. I don't even know if that's the right fucking way to use that, but I had to throw it in there because you always be talking about that word. Right. <laughs> I, I'm not really sure what it means, to be honest. So <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not even going to lie about that. But, you know, in thinking about these things, I've been like, yeah, I want people to live their best life, whatever that looks like for them. And so mm-hmm. that's you. I think you hit it. The nail on the head is like you feel compassion because then it still allows them to like move within their world and their life, their goals right. or whatever. Not like, you know, trying to, uh, you know, I don't know what the word is, aspire to my goals or what I thought was right. great. I like that. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That like. This been this has like been with me for a little bit, and you just yeah. fix that real quick. So that's great. All right, we can end the podcast. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's really. I'm just writing this writing this down. That's really that's really that's really helpful. Can I ask you a quick a quick question? This is on the same the same thing we've been talking about. Yeah. Can we talk about BIPOC versus black <laughs> as a label yeah. like? Um, Whatever you want. So, to say about it. if you're if you're referring to a group of people that is multicultural or multiracial, then you say BIPOC. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm talking about you know black people, Latinx, Asians, if I'm talking about that entire group, then I'm saying BIPOC. Mm-hmm. But if I'm saying if it's a group of black people, then you say black. <laughs> if it's a group of Asian people, then you say Asian. Like if you if it's Latino, you say Latinx. Yeah. Like you 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 just attach it in those ways. But if it's everybody, then yes, you're going to use BIPOC because that just represents all of the cultures. Yeah, makes sense. This is interesting. People like say it to me, and I'm like, what? First off, like you know I, I there's so much you know intersectionality of things and it's yes. no different than the the gender issues coming mm-hmm. up and it's just like just fucking ask yes <laughs> Why, what, like i don't even like what do you what like just ask i don't that's it just ask one yeah. of the best things that really came out of the the stuff with uh 
James Olivia was this idea of like seeing people how they want to be seen. And they really put the, mm-hmm. they just like really nailed it for, cause you know, we've had this discussion, you and I, and for me, people are like, what gender do you prefer? And I'm like, honestly, I just like want you to say my fucking name right. Like that's like the biggest <laughs> yep. thing. Like, that That's number one. And so it's like, see me as I want to be seen. And so whether we're exactly. talking about gender or your name or your, your race, whatever, whatever, like just ask people so that you can then see them as they want to be seen like i'm going to continue down that road of seeing people as they want to be seen yeah uh you and i have talked about this before uh and i'd love for you to hit on again just perhaps the importance because you said that you've been that cynical person and things like that just perhaps the importance of like dealing with our own shit and therapy and things like that first so that we have the ability to see people (laughs) as they want to be seen man Now, this is where you may get me to talk for a whole hour. Um, it, it, I started saying it. I said it in the webinar first, um, that it was really important to ask those questions of yourself mm. um, to see where you were coming from. For instance, I don't care what you feel about Black Lives Matter today. What did you feel about that statement last year mm-hmm. or two years ago? Because if it just, dawned on you that black lives matter we got a whole mm-hmm. lot of stuff to sort out mm-hmm. and and biases to address and and thought patterns to to release you from um and so if you say i believe it i see it I, these are the issues let me go forth and conquer mm, then you're still not you haven't rid yourself of those thought viruses so you're not going to be as effective as you could be yeah. And I think that's a lot of what you're seeing in those people who are silent today is they just decided to go forth Mm -hmm. instead of saying, let me just, I mean, I'm going to do those immediate action steps that I can do, you know, sign the petitions and start talking to people. But did you sit with yourself? And I think this goes beyond race. I think this goes with just human behavior. Nobody wants to sit with their thoughts anymore. Mm -hmm. Like nobody wants to say, I feel like crap. Mm -hmm. This is what I believe right now. Why? It takes time, but it's funny because we have all the time in the world now, (laughs) Um, but we're not in that practice. And it's so important to deal with that personal stuff because if you're going at it with a perspective that's not healthy, then whatever your goal is, you're not going to reach it as you should. So I am I am pushing for, as a matter of fact, I think three of the first speakers are actually therapists in the Building Allyship Group because I said to myself, where do you want this to begin? And I said, we got to start at the head. Mm -hmm. If we don't get everything straight in the head, then whatever I do after is going to be null and void. So everything that we're dealing with in, in Building Allyship is with bias and things that you, you thought you believed, but why don't you believe them anymore? So then once we get past that, now we can get into actually examining these systems and these processes that are not healthy. And you can actually see that clearer now because your perspective has changed. Would you, I'm thinking here, consider, let me back it up. So do you have... Because you say, you know, I want to start at the head. Love it. Do you have an ultimate goal for those who are in the allyship? Yes, I do. Um, 
it's going to look different for each of Mm -hmm. them. So, but I want them to feel that they've been equipped, um, in, in every way, in terms of having the support system, having the resources, learning all that they need to learn, and also um, finding the way that they can be active individually and professionally. So I feel like the allyship journey is ongoing, especially if you're not living the life of the someone that is in the BIPOC community. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like you can get to a point where you feel effective And then you keep fine tuning Mm -hmm. as you're doing these things, Um, which is why I I wanted everybody to at least sign up for a year. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And then when we get to the year, I want you to feel comfortable enough to say, you know what, either I want to just stay for the community or I think I've got it. I've got the connections I need. I can move on now. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly fine. I feel like that's healthy um, in a membership like this, because then there's going to be a whole new group. And maybe it took them a little bit longer <laughs> to come to the decision or money is different in 2021. Well, I'm praying for everybody. Um, and then they're able to actually come on that journey as well. So the end goal for me is for you to feel effective. Cause at this point I can tell there's so much timidity in how they approach things and how they say things. Even when I ask questions that I can tell they still don't feel confident and I want them to feel as confident as possible, knowing that there will always be things that they can learn along the way. That's powerful. I love that. I mean, should have known that you're going to have a bomb ass answer. Uh, but <laughs> I love that. It's like, it's just, it's really inspiring. You talk to people that are, they've hit their groove, they're doing their thing, they hit their stride. And like you, you speak to them and the answers are just like, fuck yeah. Like it's just, it's inspiring. It's, it's, it's reassuring too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big thing there. And, you know, the nervous system always seeking safety. So it was really nice nice to hear that. Could you perhaps provide an example or two of what this might look like in terms of, maybe the word is activism for people? Like, I, you know, we kind of circling back to what you said before of like, for many people, it's all or nothing. It's not all or mm-hmm. something. Could you perhaps give some, maybe even just one example of something that you're like, I, it's my hope that people go through this allyship and then can demonstrate that they feel effective, that they feel confident in a situation like this, which may not typically be perceived as activism because they're not like marching, let's say, something mm-hmm. like that. Like, you know, the daily transgressions that maybe we don't think about. Do you have, could you maybe? Oh, yeah. Oh, perfect. Oh, per- per- perfect, yeah. of course. Um and it's, it's, I mean, it's actually pertaining to the profession, but I've already had several students um, that I've been in contact with since the webinar mm-hmm. that have petitioned their schools for a change in curriculum. Wow. That's amazing. Like, that blew my mind. Like, and it was just, you know, several DMs, several messages that we had back and forth asking questions. And then they're like, okay, here's what I did. I'm like, yo. I don't know what's up with this generation, but I kind of love them. Yo, Gen Z, coming to save the world. (laughs) Yo, they are moving. Um, But then there there was, let's see, the one that stuck out recently. And it was actually just someone who decided they were going to speak up at work and Mm. set a meeting with the CEO of the hospital. Wow. That's (laughs) all. Just, Okay. Wow. Just to, I was like, you did what? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, we set a meeting with the CEO of the hospital 
can we go over our talking points with you? And I'm like, this is it. Like, this is it. You're not just it, the daily, the daily, you know, checking your coworkers and saying something and telling them that's inappropriate. That is important. Um, but what's really going to make an impact as well is when you start to go to those higher ups and making them hold, you hold them accountable to the promises that they've made to their staff and the people that are under them. So those are the two that have been like, wow, That's I awesome. want more of this. <laughs> That's awesome. Would you say that the, and I feel like your answer is going to be yes. And I'm not asking, I hate asking leading questions, but I'm legit, I'm going to ask. <laughs> Would you say that the community is the really the biggest thing that's going to allow for longevity with this? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I'm of course, I have in my head, I'm, this is me. This, mm-hmm. These things have been unpacked. Um, I feel free enough to not care (laughs) and so I'm gonna continue on like my social media platforms but to have a concentrated group of 100 plus people who live in different places work in different places and in different professions to know that you have now mobilized them in their communities and they're gonna mobilize other people I think that's my thought is like seeing past just the hundred plus like Mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. amazing and I'm excited for them but I'm excited for the work that they're going to do so I think this is what I've chosen to 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 say okay this is how I can act Mm -hmm. if I can help with other people change then they can only spread that to others that makes sense it makes total sense this is you know one of the things you said time and time again and we had a discussion about this the other day about and you, Mm -hmm. you spoke about this a little bit earlier in the podcast just the slowdown, the inevitable slowdown of things mm-hmm. in everything, across everything. It's anything that happens yeah. in life ever. There's just the inevitable slowdown and like, well, what keeps you from stopping? Like slowing down isn't the problem. It's stopping. Like just keep, keep right. going. Um, but that makes total sense, especially if you think about this, the ripple effect uh, with things. I'd love to ask you another question. And we, mm-hmm. we spoke about this the other night. You had said, and I'm not... I'm not sure if we covered it in a past podcast, and hopefully we did, but if not, we're talking about it now, that you go to these peaceful protests and these marches, mm-hmm. and you know that the outcome for you and your your person, your, your being, may not be favorable, and yet oh, you yeah. still go. I speak mm-hmm. to other people who, and I'm not trying to downplay anyone's... Uh, you know, fears. I speak to other people who are scared to say things online because someone might yell at them. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to the mindset and what drives you to go to these things and face these fears? Maybe it's not a fear for you. I don't know. But at one point it probably was, I'm guessing. <laughs> Yeah, what definitely what what drives you forward with that? How how how? I think it is the time I've taken to research my history mm-hmm. and see and identify the sacrifices that were made for the world that I live in today. And while we're still fighting for for justice in, in many areas, it still is not 
you know, the 1940s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I still can go into a bathroom and there's no not colored sign versus white sign. Mm -hmm. So I look at that and there's, I mean, there's this, a sense of pride in, in the way that they, you know, relinquished anything that they had to say, I'm going to sacrifice myself because I want the world to be better for me and those come at, that come after me. Um, that honestly is one of the big drivers for me is I have that same desire. I don't want my nephew to have to experience the same things that I did. I said it in a post, I think a couple weeks ago, I first learned that white kids wouldn't play with black kids because they were black when I was four. Mm -hmm. Like that, that robs you of an innocence that, you know, you, you really can never get back. And I don't want that for him. And I don't want that for children that come after him. So that's I mean, honestly it's that others centered thought process yeah. it's not just about me now this is going to affect me mm -hmm. it is for my betterment because i am a black woman but i know even if it's not better in the next 10 years if there are people like me that continue this then it still will be that much better for the generation that comes and then again i've always been a fighter mm -hmm, honestly mm -hmm. so i don't mind confrontation i don't mind stepping up to the plate especially in, if it's in the face of wrong. If you're wrong and, and you need to be called out, I've been sent to the principal's office many times for saying, nope, the teacher was wrong. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. And so I think that also is just in me to say, no, I want to step up and I want to go march. And if it doesn't end up well, at least I know I was doing it for someone else and not just myself. That means, what the heck was that? That was the cat, sorry. That makes, <laughs> I want to keep going with that. And I want to bridge two two worlds, your two worlds, actually. And you mm -hmm. said as a kid, you were sent to the principal's office for being like, nah, the teacher is wrong. I had a really good yeah. discussion with Stephanie Hine. You folks know my lover. You know her, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. The other day about this and this self-trust that how can we expect adults to have it and be able to be introspective and like, look at things and be like, no, this is objectively wrong. And what the media is saying is the lying or whatever. If we don't raise our kids like that, and then Ooh. it starts when they're so young and we, we tell kids how they feel and how they're thinking. Can mm -hmm. you expound on that? <laughs> um, so you're asking me how, I want to make sure I'm getting this right. You're asking me how we can expect adults to do it or how we can train up our children. Let's go with your forte of how can we train them youngins? And we're train the youngins. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I am a, and it's funny because of course your stance changes the more children that you're around mm -hmm. and the more children that you experience. But I, I believe that communication is, is a really important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Black children are taught at a very young age, hey, this is something that you may experience in the world. And I think any other child should have that same conversation in whatever way the parent feels is possible mm -hmm. um, for them to understand. I think these conversations need to be need to happen in all homes, um, because if you're trying to raise an ally, then you're teaching them how to look out for the issues that other children are going to face. Being an ally means you're other-centered. That's just the matter, it's the fact of the matter. Um, so I think communicating with them, I think allowing them to express how they feel mm -hmm. um, is extremely important. And I know that my generation wasn't really raised to believe that you had a say in anything. Yeah. Um, 
But I'm hoping that you're seeing a change in that and a shift because children are experiencing so much more than we were, honestly. And I think it's important to have that trust with the parent to say or guardian to say, hey, this is what I've seen. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what I feel. And then the parent can actually, you know, calibrate based on what their child's experience is. I think just exposing them to other people's journey, exposing Mm -hmm. them to other cultures, exposing them to other beliefs and practices um, is, is a great way because if it's not, you know, we say this all the time, the body really just wants to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. So it's in your environment to make sure, okay, I got to put this in this box and this in this box. Okay. We can move forward. I think if a child has seen enough, if they've been exposed to a lot of different cultures, then when they see it, it's like, oh yeah, that's a, a X, Y, Z. And then they move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those to me are the really important parts of raising allies. I love that. I'm not here clearly. I don't work with kids. I don't have no kids. I'm not here <laughs> to tell anybody how to parent, but what you're saying and every, and every, you know, like sentence you're saying there, I'm like, but suppose the parents are fucked up. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, this yeah. is where it circles back to what you said before about, you know, taking ownership, accountability, working through our own stuff. Uh, first, I'm going to drop you folks a resource. Uh, I brought them on the podcast before, Nick Strack. Um, we will link that episode in the in the in the show notes. Um, but definitely check them out on Instagram as well. We'll we'll, we'll link both of them, just uh, the the episode as well as their Instagram handle. Check them out because one of the things that I love that Nick is doing is just working on like you know what James Olivia calls like these right relationships. And one, it starts with yourself. And then, you know, can you listen to your child and believe them and be like, mm-hmm. oh, even if it's like, again, I don't have kids, but like I think about don't laugh. I'm thinking about my cat. Right. <laughs> and I don't know if he's cold or hot. And like if he you know what I mean? Like I have to respect what he says. And he's like, I don't want to be pet right now. And I'm like, yes, I respect that. And the ability to do that with humans, I don't, I think we do that a lot more with animals than we do with kids. Like we are like, oh, these kids don't have, they couldn't know. And I'm like, I think the kid like probably does know that they're not hungry or they are hungry, things like that. So again, I'm not a parent, but I think about (laughs) these things because like, you know, you hit the nail on the head with like going back to the source and the head. And I'm like, well, what, what do we go back to? Where did it start? Why do, why are people feel my world is social media? I'm like, why are people not able to be like, this is fake? don't get fucking Mm -hmm. turn this off but if you were never if from a young age you were told don't trust your your intuition don't trust Mm -hmm. what you feel then of course you're like what does somebody else say let me scroll over the next post so i'm like oh well we probably need to go back i think and it's funny because you said you're not a parent but you were parented Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think we take so much from those relationships my parents gave me so Mm -hmm. much freedom Mm -hmm. and so much leeway to say okay Yes, you're in the principal's office. And my dad will tell you to this day, I always told her, yo, you do what you need to do until you get to a point where you need an adult to handle it. And then you call us. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why I was writing my first petition in the seventh grade. (laughs) Because I was able, I was able to move as if, okay, I, you know, I have some experience as a 11, 12 year old. Let's see what, what I see outside of me that is wrong. And we're going to call it out. Now, you learn how to calibrate, and mm-hmm. your parents do help you with that as you get older. But the freedom that I was given as a child, I know, has formed mm-hmm. you know, the mindset that I have today. Oh, man. That's so good. So, so good. 
so good. I want to do a little bit of a pivot and speaking about today. What does your today look like? A lot has happened from one year ago. Like, never mind, you know, like, yeah, not from the last podcast and like that, but like, you are doing things different. You got 10,000 followers. That's what I care about. You got that fucking swipe up feature. Is your life radically different now that you have swipe up? What does life look like for you now? Um, honestly, life is, life is definitely different. Um, and you say the 10K, like I, to me, it was always like, I'm a peep therapist. I don't think I'm ever going to hit there. So I'm just going to move as I move. Um, but now that more people know about me, there are more requests coming in to do, you know, the webinar that I've done are, are different variations. So I think I've actually done that one webinar or something like it about eight or nine times since June. Um, some for clinics, some for schools, actually, um, some for hospitals. So that's been awesome. Um, today, I mean, I have you, I did some work on the computer this morning for, um, for just like a freebie that I'm doing. And then after this, I actually have a therapy consult call. Um, so I'm doing, still doing virtual therapy. Um, I will actually start treating in person again in October. That's um, like tomorrow. What, Thursday. <laughs> 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 I've had a few that I trusted that I've been, still been seeing in person, uh-huh. but I'm actually accepting new okay. um, clients coming October. Um, so now it's really trying to find that ba- balance between, okay, how do I want to show up on the digi- in the digital space? Um, and what do I want to do to keep up my passion, which is still treating kids? So I think I'm still learning mm-hmm. this land, but I love it. <laughs> so I'm really excited about what's coming. Man, I'm smiling so big. This is like my my shit now. And I'm just like, entrepreneurs, digital space, let's talk. Tell me all the things. How is it being digital? And what are your plans? And oh. I'm just really excited for you. Like, how does it feel I'm to be... Like you took a big leap. That was part of like the other episodes Ooh. I brought you on is like you left your job. I sure did. I sure did. And while it looked, it's funny because I left my job the month before the pandemic hit. Jennifer calls So it. I literally had to just like wipe everything on my, this is what I plan to do Q2, Q3, Q4. Um, and really just say, okay, I'm going to focus on the digital work and what are the projects that I actually want to work on and what are the people that, you know, are around me? What do they need? Um, and it, ah, the freedom has just been ridiculous. Like I, I, I still don't have the words for it. I still wake up sometimes and I'm like, I guess to just choose like what I want to do today. <laughs> this is absolutely awesome. Um, but I do know that next year right now I'm really focusing on building allyship yeah, that's kind sure. of getting the majority of my energy um but I have a couple of uh, webinars coming up one actually with Courtney nice uh, we're gonna do a pediatric gate webinar just a short two hour for healthcare professionals um that don't typically work with kids and because there's nothing out there mm-hmm. um I have a collab with a Pilates studio owner in New York um, for Pilates uh, instructors, just looking at milestones and what it can look like for the child that shows up um, to see them. And then next year, because I made the promise this year and, you know, life happened, uh, I'm going to have that PD eval course coming. So I'm just excited about all the possibilities. Like I just, you don't, they don't tell you this is, 
a possibility. And I think, you know, you dream the dream that is around you. You mm-hmm. think, okay, I'm going to go as a physical therapist. I'm going to get a job. I might be a director. I may own a clinic and boom, I'm going to retire. Um, but to me, it's like, if it's a life that I love, I don't really want to retire mm-hmm. from it. And that's where, what I feel right now. So, so good. This is the stuff that makes me so excited. Like, so <laughs> it is. This is the stuff that I love. That's I fucking love it. I fucking love it. If people, and you've been so helpful. Like, clearly, it was, what was this? 2018. Uh, we had the first one, and I was still like, I'm gonna leave my job. I'm gonna leave my job. <laughs> this is it's wild to just, you know, whatever date it was, it wasn't that long ago. And I want to highlight that. Like, I don't even know what the date it was. But it wasn't like 2011. But Mm-mm. like so much can happen so fast. And it, yes. in the moment, it may feel kind of slow. And you're like, oh, it's two years away. Shit. Like a whole bunch has happened. Like I feel like if not, if right. people take, I, I say this all the time. Like if you take nothing from Rona, you get taken like a thousand things based on what I say if you take nothing. Uh, <laughs> but it, again, if you take nothing from Rona, like Think about how long quarantine has been and how fast Ooh. it's gone by. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just like, it's been a, quite a few months. Like, the years were in October. Yeah. I, I would love for people to understand that when they're thinking about goals, when they're setting things, when they're worried about how long something's going to take and realize that that time's going to fucking pass anyway. So you might as well be doing what you can mm-hmm. to be moving towards things that will bring you your happiness. That becomes faster. Exactly faster than you know anyway i want you to just drop your um because i'm guessing you don't have like a link yet for the webinar that's coming up at some point um mm-hmm. can you just tell the folks where they can find you and how they can like find your stuff if they want to like go to the webinar with uh with court for the, you folks the courtney is gate happens you may know her as that um oh, yes. but where can they find you like how can they find your stuff um, of course, on Instagram, dr.jpop. Um, as always, you click the link in the bio and it usually takes you straight to everything that I'm doing currently. Right now, there isn't a link up, but there will be um, as soon as we set that date, but it's supposed to be in October. Um, you can always go on my website, drjpop.com. Um, and then I can give you my email address to put in the show notes too. Perfect. I will add all that. I'm seeing the time. I'm going to wrap us up, but before I do that, Mm-hmm. I would love for you to just talk a little bit about doing things before you're ready and kind of learning mm-hmm. as you go. You just said, I almost jumped on you then, but then I, I let, let you finish and realize what you're saying. Because you said you didn't have a link in the bio, but you meant you have a link, but you don't have the link to that webinar. As right. I was like, what do you mean you have a link in the bio? We went over this. Wait, so I, got, I was like, wait, 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 let me just let her finish. But that got me thinking about, you know, looking at the graphics that were on the allyship, looking at the fact that what you're hosting the allyship on. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the process of like creating these things and creating in general? Yeah. Um, it, it's funny. Starting the building allyship made me think of the book that you always talk about the war of art. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Um, that resistance mm-hmm. was so strong and mm-hmm. it was strong because I think we were in a super heavy moment but also knowing the responsibility. Um, but I feel like if you know that you're called to do something, 
um, then you just have to push through that resistance and do it. So I literally just started. And it's funny, the first thing I think I did was get on Instagram and say, guess what's coming? There you go. Even though it wasn't built yet. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I, I don't know. I've been uh, knowing that I didn't have a complete path when I quit my job um, and that I was going to let life unfold and just do what I could as I was moving this space was like, okay, we're going to figure out the pack platform and then we're going to figure out, you know, what we want to add in and what we need to integrate. And if I didn't have the answers, I had something or someone at my fingertips to ask. That's the thing. Like, even if you don't feel like you have it all, somebody does. And I think that comfort of knowing my community, like I can always reach out to you and ask you questions or, you know, anyone else and say, Hey, I'm having problems with this. Can you help me with this? Um, you're never going to have everything, especially if you're getting started. You're never going to have it all figured out. It's just not possible. And waiting till you do could cause you to miss out on helping someone. So I think this season has truly gotten me to the point where I'm like, I don't care. I don't have it. Let's just go. And then if we want to change something, we'll change it. Like I changed the color of mm-hmm. building allyship. I was like, uh, no one I died because, or knew. because I wanted it to, you know, actually have a, a symbol or, or meaning behind it. I, I changed things around and it, it was my business too. I, I, I can do what I want. So I think you truly just have to decide, am I going to do what I can to serve the people that I'm meant to serve? And that should be your guiding light when you feel uncomfortable in a space because you don't know everything. I should have saved that for the very last question because that is, <laughs> that is it. I kind of, I wrote down, tried to write down really quickly, but to roughly paraphrase, maybe exactly, <laughs> waiting until you do have the answer, have the information. Mm-hmm. You may miss out on helping someone. That, mm-hmm. that is it. And that is just so profound and I hopefully so helpful to people listening to this and who are like nervous about doing the thing and they're waiting and waiting and waiting. Guess what? You are missing out on the opportunity to help your people. So that's mm-hmm. just remarkable. The book that Jennifer dropped uh, is The War of Art. It's a book by Stephen Pressfield. And he just talks about the resistance. He uses a capital R and just all the shit that we make up to tell ourselves like, oh, I can't do this thing right now. Not right now. That is the resistance. All of that, any of those thoughts, whatever we create, everything, that's part of the resistance. And it tends to get bigger the more that we really need to be doing something. So I'm glad you read that. Uh, are you done with the one thing yet, Jennifer? Um, I'm on, well, I'm on the audio book. Oh, so okay, I'm okay. on like the second section. I don't know what the chapter that is. Okay. But I'm still listening to it yet. I mean, I can tell that you're already implementing it because you just said earlier that that course is coming out next year. And I I silently clapped in my head (laughs) about that. I thought you would. That's really, really good. (laughs) We have that tendency, you know, you folks listen to the tendency to be like, I want to have my people. I'm going to show up and do 50 million things. And again, when you chase all the rabbits, you go home hungry. Or when you chase all the rabbits and you're supposed to be chasing a buffalo, you could be hunting a buffalo, you're missing out. (laughs) So that's really, really good that, you're already implementing Jennifer. This makes me so happy. Makes me so happy. I listen. Dang. I listen. Dang. And you're asking for help. This is like a lot going on. And I'm like really, really <laughs> proud of you. This is really dope. Do you, I'm going to wrap this up. But before I ask the final question, do are you teaching with Rock Tape? Do you have anything like that you want to talk about and let people know? Like you got anything coming up for them? 
can they get the link to the replay um, for uh, the um, the original webinar that you did? Mm -hmm. Yes. So that you can find um, right now, I would say go to Instagram to that link cool. so it can take you straight to that. Or you can search anti-racism allyship for rehab and movement professionals on Crowdcast or just for me, Dr. J-Pop. Um, and we'll put in the show and... notes for sure. Yes. And you can put in the show notes. Uh, what was the other thing you asked me? Rock tape. Anything that they Rock are coming okay. up. So I took um, kind of a sabbatical from teaching so that I could oh, focus on what? building allyship. Um, but I be I don't have anything on the books yet, but I believe I'm supposed to start back in November. Okay. So anytime that happens, though, I will always announce it on social media and put the dates on my website as well. I am so proud of your focus. Oh, but wait, there is one other thing. I'm not going in. Um, <laughs> the FMC Plus platform has the PEDS taping course. So if anyone is like, I'm waiting for it and I don't want to wait for you, um, you can take it on, on that platform. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to wait for you. Damn. Like, all right. All right. <laughs> Look, I mean, I understand. I like it. So many things. Everything, folks, will be in the show notes. Okay, now let's do the fi the official wrap up. Do you have anything? You've given us so much already, so feel free to be like, nope, I'm done. Uh, but do you have anything that you want to leave the people with? Um, hmm. One thing I definitely want to say is even if you're on the allyship journey or you're not on the allyship journey, really deal with the stuff that's in your head. Yeah. Deal with that stuff because it affects how you show up in the world and it affects whether you're effective in helping the people that you're supposed to help. So this isn't just a, you know, a plug for me to say you should be an ally. This is just for you to be a decent human. Really deal with that stuff that's in your head um, and really do the things that you need to do to show up for the people that you need to show up for. Damn. What a goddamn good episode this is to bring back the long episodes. Man, I was excited to bring you on. I'm like super pumped now. You already can feel my arms are in the air. <laughs> Dr. J-Pop, bringing the noise, getting it popping just so much. Dr. J-Pop, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for all that you're going to do. Just thank you, truly. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Of course. You fine folks listening. Thank you. I know you like likely could have been doing a lot of other things. Maybe not everything just yet, but a lot of other things. And you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are both endlessly, endlessly grateful. I am going to ask for one thing because this is the, you know, the jump off, the pop off of the long episodes. If you like this episode, share it with somebody who you think it can help. All right, let's spread the love, spread the awareness, help each other out. I think that's it. Yeah, I asked, yes. I think that's it. All right, folks. One more time. Endlessly, endlessly, endlessly appreciate it. Until next time, friends, Dr. J-Pop and Maestro. 